We've got some canes over here. Whoosh, whoosh. It is now time for the kombucha cane segment. Freed, why don't you go ahead and give us a little recap on where some of our favorite players ended up in the draft this year? It was a good year for Miami with two first-round draft picks. We saw Jalen Phillips go off the board first to the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. And Greg Rousseau heading to the Buffalo Bills Mafia with the 31st pick. Two defensive ends heading off the board in the first round. You know, that's that's always a good sign. Mm -hmm. Later in the draft, we had Brevin Jordan, star tight end, who left early, lasted longer than we expected. He did not go until the fifth round, ending up with the Houston Texans. In the sixth round, Quincy Roche, the transfer defensive end, ended up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the final draft-eligible player, a bit of a surprise, did not get drafted. That was the kicker, Jose Borgales. Only one kicker ended up being drafted in the entire draft. That was Evan McPherson, who went to the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, Borgales ended up as an undrafted free agent heading to Tampa Bay. I'm pissed about that. The Lou Groza Award winner? You got to think it's because he's he's a short guy, right? It's probably anti-short discrimination. It, it could be. It could be the short thing. It could be that he didn't have the pedigree coming out of high school. McPherson was the number one kicker in the country coming out of high school. Borgales didn't really burst on the scene until he transferred to Miami and, and had a very strong season. The Bengals were the only team that was known to be in the market for the kicker, uh, and no one else wanted to waste a pick on one. It could be a bit of a good thing, though, because Borgales got to choose whatever team he wanted to go to, get himself into a favorable situation, and hopefully win the starting kicker job. So yeah. you just got to root for him and hope he uh, ends up winning that job. And he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is uh, – remember the – what's the guy's name from Florida State? Roberto Aguayo. Uh, Roberto Aguayo, because he also went to Tampa Bay. Everyone thought he was hot shit, too. And uh, he kind of Well, I hope out. the comparisons – and there, because if you yeah. recall, the younger Aguayo brother at Florida State did not do particularly well. No. And we have the younger Borgales kicker, who should mm-hmm. be the starting kicker at Miami this year. That's Andres Andy Borgales. It so is interesting. We're hoping that he though. has a solid college career. Mm-hmm. That we do. That we do, Freed. All right. Well, we know where the Canes ended up in the drafts. Good luck to all of them. We love you, boys. Good luck in the trenches. Let's uh, turn our focus on to... The Canes who are sticking around for a little spring football update, boys. I'll be honest. I'm a little uh, – I'm not super informed on the spring football, so uh, why don't you guys keep me up to speed? Well, it's tough to stay super informed during the spring because there's not full media coverage of practices. You only get some snippets. You get to hear what the coaches say in their media sessions. But obviously the big story of the spring – was that De'Eric King was out with an injury. So the two younger QBs, the potential QBs of the future, really got to shine. And that was the incoming freshman, early enrollee, Jake Garcia, who was the Canes' highest QB-ranked signee in over a decade. May gusta, Uh, Garcia. Early, he looked good, competing with the rising sophomore, Tyler Van Dyke, who was the four-star QB prospect out of previous class out of Alex's home state of Connecticut. TVD. Uh, TVD, as he's referred to, is um, another promising prospect. And both of them looked like they could be solid to elite college players in the future. So that's promising there. But when we look at Derek King being out for spring season, this is another reason why we're so thrilled to have Mr. Jazzo on the pod. 
Sam, what can you tell us about the status of Derek's injury and where he stands? Derek should be getting back to sport right about now. In the athletic training community, we know that about six months post-op is when we start to see guys begin to practice first non-contact and then eventually building up to a full contact practice. Um, Additionally, we know that the state of rehabilitation has been getting better and better every year. Uh, We can look to the pros to see that, you know, a guy like Joe Burrow, who sustained multiple ligament knee injury, he tore both his ACL, MCL, and damaged his PCL. He's going to be ready for the beginning of the season, according to his physician, Dr. Neil Elitrach. So we know that uh, with a simple ACL tear like that, which Derek suffered, uh, we should expect to see him pretty close to 100%. However, from my time studying with Dr. Chris Coons, who now runs the Athletic Injury Rehabilitation Lab at Michigan State, we know that uh, a guy who comes back at nine months may not be as explosive as he typically is. Uh, It takes about 18 months to get to about 95% explosiveness. So look to see Derek uh, hang pocket more uh, and, and doing a lot less scrambling than he did last year. Interesting. Interesting. That would mean big changes. You know, if, if he's obviously able to play, but if he's not at that full explosiveness level, uh, that's big changes both in the scheme and presumably the results of how the offense is going to look. Absolutely. Is there any chance that Jake Garcia or TVD outstrips him or like it's hard how good do you have to be to not be 100 percent and still be head and like shoulders better than the people behind you everything's hearsay but just from my opinion i think if derek arm strength wise is 100 percent, if his mobility is at 75 ish percent you're still getting a player that with his experience is far and away the best option to uh to roll with as qb1 mm-hmm But that being said, you know, it's great to have guys on the bench who you can trust if something does happen, but you really hope to see King out there for most meaningful snaps. Yeah. I mean, me too. Um, I think this is the one thing that I kind of have been tracking through spring football has been the quarterback conversation. And one thing that I keep hearing is that apparently this is the best quarterback room they've had in 20 years, probably right now. Basically, since, you know, like the Ken Dorsey years, the glory years uh, back when I uh, first became a fan of the Miami Hurricanes. Um, but I, like there, there's always had been talk about guys like Jaron Williams um, being just like bad culture fits. I mean, for, like you had the Brad Kayas, but then for every Brad Kaya, you had Kevin Olson, Malik Rozier. Uh, uh, Nic- uh, Nicosi Perry is what I was thinking. Nicosi, great crow. Yeah, Nicosi, who who also uh, transferred to FAU, and we wish him the best of luck. Go it Owls! Is. And it's one thing that we also really need to keep in mind is that spring football is a time of immense homerism. Every program is going to give you the best of the best. Everything's looking up. Everyone's undefeated. Seeing it with rose-colored eyes, you know. So take things with a grain of salt. But it's clear that. TVD and Jake Garcia both appear to be great options moving forward. So why don't we step away from the QB conversation? There's a few other major players that missed springtime with injuries. What do you have for us on those, Sam? Yeah. So looking down the the injury report, we can see that one concerning injury is Don Chaney Jr. Uh, He's going to be out until 
at least the beginning of the season. It seems as if he had had surgery on a shoulder that was unstable. Uh, so this is a pretty major procedure to, to lock up the shoulder. And it wouldn't be surprising if we don't see uh, Don Chaney back in full form. Uh, so expect to see a lot of Cameron Harris and Jalen Knighton, at least to begin the season. Uh, additionally, another shoulder surgery we had is uh, Will Mallory. The Canes training staff has been uh, a little less than forthcoming about what happened with Will Mallory, but it, it seems as if he's had some uh, a minor surgery. So we can expect this to be something along the lines of maybe a, a debridement of some bone spurs, or maybe even a, as big as you know a minor fix to a rotator cuff injury. This may affect him. Uh, moving forward, especially because of the nature of his position with going overhead. Uh, so watch Will Mallory to be uh, used less over the middle and more uh, in situations where he's not put in vulnerable catching positions. Got it. That's a big hit to the Canes, really, because Will Mallory is the guy that needs more than anybody to, to jump up and fill that hole that Brevin Jordan's leaving. Will Mallory... Yeah. could potentially take the jump to one of the top tight ends in the country. Uh, you would expect he would be heavily utilized as that tight end one. And this was really a lost position group in spring football with Mallory out, uh, freshmen coming in, um, Arroyo, uh, Elijah Arroyo is looking to potentially replace Brevin as right. that next tight end of the future. He yeah, didn't he's, roll he's the one he I, just I know. In. Yeah, he, he's, he's the one I, I think of when I think of like who else we got? Yeah, um, we have a, another underclassman on the roster, Larry Hodges, who's played in a couple of the past seasons. You would expect him to take a step up as kind of an H back and get more reps this year. He had some legal trouble in the spring, got arrested, missed spring games. Uh, so the For whole what? Position, I, it was something stupid. It got dismissed, but you know you never want to just shrug that stuff to the side. But um, well, sometimes you get arrested when you're in college, Freed. You do. And uh, you know that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't know anything of that. I don't know what you're talking about. But um, but yeah, it was it was a lost it was a lost spring semester for the tight end position group at Miami. Any other injuries for us? Yeah, uh, we got. Oh, no. <laughs> Nesta Silvera. I was like, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we got Nesta Silvera coming off another uh, shoulder mm -hmm. surgery. Uh, Dr. Kaplan's been very busy, it seems, with uh, fixing up shoulders this offseason. That many shoulder injuries, is that suspect that they're potentially doing something wrong with their lifts or, or training? Uh, so the medical staff at Miami has always had. Um, issues with keeping people healthy. So it wouldn't be surprising, especially because of the politics between strength and conditioning and athletic training. But that that I can only speak of under the golden administration. I, I imagine that Manny Diaz runs a much more integrated ship uh, than golden. You'd like spill, to spill the tea on that, Jazza. What's, what's, what was going on with that? All I can say is that there were turf battles over who, who should be controlling health, performance, and wellness. And strength and conditioning in football is a hot topic nowadays. There's very much a dichotomy between the strength and conditioning coaches who shoot for their guys to be as big and good looking as possible versus teaching the functional strength of actually playing football and making these guys athletes instead of just looking big and strong. Hmm. The one thing I will say is that the strength and conditioning coaches are typically paid 
two to three times as much as the athletic training staff. So if salary is any indication of sway within the building, you can see where uh, the power lies. Interesting. And the power lifting. There's a difference between teaching somebody to be really good at lifting weights and teaching them to be really good athletes. You hope Miami's on the right side of that split, but only time will tell. Couldn't have said it better myself. We had some new transfers, new additions to the roster since last time we've talked about football from Georgia on the defensive side of the ball, Tyreek Stevenson, who was a guy that the Canes really wanted coming out of high school. He, he was a high-level prospect. He went to Georgia, decided to come back home. Georgia didn't seem to want to let him play outside cornerback, which was where he wanted to be. So now he's coming down to Miami, and he's looking to be the, Q, the, the CB1 on Miami's depth chart. He's a bigger guy, uh, but he seems to be athletic enough to hang with the receivers. So we'll see how that goes. That'll be real interesting. Uh, the next, we've got this new we've got this new uh, cornerbacks coach as well, right? Yeah, we do have new cornerbacks coach. We have, we have a few new uh, coaches on the staff. Uh, new safeties coach uh, replacing Coach Banda. The safeties coach is T. Rob coming from South Carolina. The right, cornerbacks coach is Demarcus Van Dyke, who was on Miami's staff in the recruiting end. He switched places with the previous cornerbacks coach. We also have another defensive transfer from the SEC. That's DeAndre Johnson from Tennessee. He's going to come in and fill one of those defensive end spots. He should be on the field a lot. Not an elite talent like some of these other defensive ends we've had in the past couple of years, but he should be a solid player for us. And then one notable transfer on the offensive side of the ball is Charleston Rambo coming from Oklahoma. He was a stud a few years ago back with Jalen Hurts, but last year you saw his production go way down. He was replaced as the wide receiver of choice for Spencer Rattler, and he decided to transfer, get another shot at Miami, and he and Mike Carley should be a formidable one-two combination. It'll be interesting to see which of them ends up being the real go-to guy for King. King apparently led the charge in recruiting Rambo. So you'd like to think that they should have some good chemistry and we can expect some big things from him. Miami really needs to fill another transfer spot at linebacker. That hasn't happened yet. They were out of scholarships last season, but now that we're getting into summer, it starts their scholarship allocation for the 2022 class. So they are actually able to bring in a couple more transfers. I would expect we see a linebacker come in this summer because of all the spots we saw throughout spring ball, linebacker is real thin. Got it. Where our linebackers have been a a sore spot. Since Shaq and Pinkney went to the NFL last year without them was certainly a weak spot. The one remaining triplet, Zach McLeod has actually moved out of linebacker to defensive end, end right, after right. it became very clear that he just did not pick up on the nuances of playing linebacker. They want to get him out of that spot and let some of the younger guys get some snaps. But an elite linebacker is what the defense is missing. And that's going to do it for this bonus kombucha canes segment. Thank you to Sam Jazzo for coming on and giving us some insight into the inner workings of the Canes training room. We're going to wrap up this special bonus episode with a little bonus Jeopardy spot that Freed put together. Jazzo and I will be duking it out in a Booch Jeopardy trivia battle for the ages. Suck it, Trebek. So we're going to do a 
fun brain teaser-esque segment here based on the Jeopardy category before and afters, where I will provide clues for the names of two people. The first person's last name will be the second person's first name, and a correct answer would con- constitute a combined name of the two people. So these will be brain teasers for the two of you and for you, Bucci's listening. Many of these will be Kane's athletes. However, they may not be. So feel free to think outside the box. Outside the booch. All right. Are we ready? How is this going to work? Like, I will ask it. We will give a five second or so pause. And then uh, the answer will be revealed. Trial one. First overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft and a former Miami wide receiver who transferred to Georgia a few years ago. Give me Trevor Lawrence Cager. Ding, ding, ding. Nailed it. Very good job. Trial two. The greatest basketball player of all time and a Miami Hoops alumni who's now the general manager of the Phoenix Suns. Hmm. The greatest basketball player of all time. And then who? A Miami Hoops alumni who is now the general manager of the Phoenix Suns. LeBron James Jones? Nailed it. All right. Good to know you're in Team LeBron, Fred. I didn't know that. I am. All right. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was around... Uh, for only the later Jordan years. I didn't get to fully experience it. Yeah. So I might be a little biased. LeBron is our, yeah, he's our generation's greatest. Next trial. The dude with 714 home runs and a longtime cheesehead quarterback. Who is Hank Aaron Rodgers? Nailed it. Hank Aaron has 755 home runs. I was going Babe Ruth. Damn it. <laughs> I was like, Babe Ruth. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know too much about sports, Jazzo. That, that ended up hurting you. Slight error. Slight <laughs> error in the omission. But good job on uh, on that one anyway, Alex. Maybe we'll just remove that one. <laughs> Next trial. Defensive tackle with an off-season nightclub brawl incident just recently and the 45th president of the United States. Oh, God. Oh, who is Aaron Donald Trump? Yes. Next trial. <laughs> Kombucha mogul and barstool sports mogul. GT Dave Portnoy. Yes. Wow, good job. Next trial. Jesus Shuttlesworth actor and Miami's single-season receiving yardage leader. Jazz, I take it. Ray Allen Hearns. Yes. Wow. What was the first one? What was the first hint? Jesus Shuttlesworth actor. Remember that? In the movie He Got Game, Ray Allen was an act actor, and he got game, and his character was Jesus Shuttlesworth. So was like I don't, an I don't think I've seen he got, He's Got Game. I don't think I've seen that one. It's a, um, whatchamacallit, it's a Spike Lee joint. It's a Spike Lee joint. Um, okay. When they did the player, like the player day in the NBA jerseys a few years back, he put his nickname was Shuttlesworth. Shuttlesworth. On that, yeah. Wow. Um, Good job, Jeff. I don't think the movie itself is all that great, but 
I remember walking in on my dad watching that movie when I was young and being like, that guy shoots just like Ray Allen. <laughs> Ray Allen Hearns. All right, our final trial of the day. This one is a tough one, but it should be fun. All right. Miami baseball head coach prior to Gino mm-hmm. and number 24 from the Toronto Raptors in the early 2000s. Before Gino? Jim Morris. Is Jim Morris not the coach anymore? No. He, okay. No, he retired like five years ago. <laughs> okay. Three. Jim Morris. Basketball player whose first name was Morris. Toronto Raptors. Lushevich? Mo Pete. Not a clue. The uh, answer here, we're looking for Jim Morris Peterson. Wow. I got one off the top of my head. Go for it. You ready? For the both of you. The Black Mamba. And an all-American left tackle for the Hurricanes. Kobe Bryant McKinney. Kobe Bryant McKinney, yeah. <laughs> Very good. good job. Good stuff, Jazz. <laughs> it's too easy All with right. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> well, hit us up on Twitter and let us know how many of those you got. Did you know Jim Morris Peterson? If so, you win. You win a prize. If so, Freed will Venmo you five bucks for a booch. But you got to prove it. Yeah, you do. I don't know how you could. We playing booch ball.